Manhattan U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara is the highest-profile U.S. attorney of the 93 across the country. He earned his name as the Sheriff of Wall Street with his aggressive prosecution of insider trading in the financial world. His most recent assault on public corruption in New York has been equally aggressive. Barrara, a Democrat, was appointed by President Obama in 2009. The U.S. attorney serves at the pleasure of the president, and usually there is a shuffle with the change in administrations. But President-elect Donald Trump asked Barrara to remain as U.S. attorney, and he accepted, making it clear to the press in a typical Barrara way that it was on his own terms. The president-elect uh, asked, uh, presumably because he's a New Yorker and is aware of the great work that our office has done over the past seven years, uh, asked to meet with me uh, to discuss whether or not I'd be prepared to stay on as the United States Attorney um, to do the work as we have done it independently uh, without fear or favor for the last seven years. Ferrara's office has convicted the leaders of both legislative houses in New York, and there are ongoing investigations focusing on the administrations of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Our guests are Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School, and John Coffey, a professor at Columbia Law School. Peter, the Manhattan U.S. attorney is considered the most powerful of the U.S. attorneys in the country, and there's been a lot of speculation about who Trump would appoint to this high-profile position. Did this announcement come as a surprise to you? Uh, not really. I know it, it had been leaked out a little bit before, and uh, typically the president looks to local Republican leaders uh, to you know, guide this decision. But, of course, there aren't that many uh, senior elected Republicans in New York. And picking Barrara gives him some political cover. You know, there's concern been expressed about the people he's putting into his cabinet, that these are members of the Wall Street elite. And certainly Barrara's reputation is someone who is willing to take on Wall Street. So there's some real benefits here to keeping him on. Jack, how about you? Would you have expected Donald Trump to, to pick his own guy for this position? Well, now, for these two people, Bahara and Trump, this was a marriage made in heaven for both of them. Mr. Trump, love him or hate him, has shown a unique ability to understand and even exploit the new populist sensibility of the American public. And he's written that to the White House. Now, part of this new populist sensibility is the public sense that senior financial executives escaped just punishment for the 2008 crisis, and also a sense that public corruption is rampant. Most of those people who dislike Hillary Clinton believe that she somehow crossed a line and committed an illegal act, or was at least captured by Wall Street. Mr. Bahara is the single clearest figure of someone who has been vividly willing to prosecute financial crime and public corruption. So I agree that Mr. Trump gains greatly from this association, particularly when his cabinet will have some former executives from Goldman Sachs. For Mr. Barrara, it's a little speculative. Many people think he's got a future political plans, and this would be a wonderful way to maintain that ability to move to higher public office. Remember that Rudy Giuliani moved from U.S. attorney, Bahara's current job, to mayor. Earlier, 
Tom Dewey, a repeated presidential candidate for Republicans, moved from being a special prosecutor of the mob to governor. And both Elliot Spitzer and Andrew Cuomo moved from the attorney general's position to being governor of New York State. So if he stays in the limelight, I think Mr. Bahar is going to be an obvious candidate for some higher political office. I don't know which. But he is, uh, as long as he's in the limelight, he's going to be an obvious candidate for higher office, and he may want that. Peter, there are ongoing investigations focusing on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's administration. And Assemblyman Steve McLaughlin, who is a Republican, tweeted that Barrara has unfinished business and, quote, how's your day going, Governor? How much did those investigations play into this decision? I think they were significant. I mean, over and above the Wall Street aspect here that Preet Bharara is the sheriff of Wall Street, um, cover of Time magazine, this is the man busting Wall Street, where he's really made an impression in New York and politically uh, have been the corruption prosecutions. And I guess in a sense, you could almost say that Trump's view is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, the, the scariest person in Albany is Preet Bharara. And so keeping him on, and especially someone with ties to Senator Schumer and the Democrats, uh, avoids a lot of the claim that any future prosecutions are politically motivated. And so, again, Barrara gives good cover to the Republicans generally. He can continue an aggressive campaign on public corruption, which has embarrassed Democrats and Republicans alike. Jack, what would you expect to see from Preet Bharara over the next few years when it comes to Wall Street and corruption there? Well, I think he has a number of investigations underway, and the nature of these kind of investigations is that people who are mid-level often flip and give you higher-level officials. So there have been people in the broader Cuomo administration who have recently been indicted. I'm not suggesting that anyone has a uh, conceivable theory against the governor, but enough prosecutions around an individual and the administration gets tainted. And I can see why Mr. Trump would want that, and I can see why Mr. Bahara thinks he's just continuing his job of prosecuting these cases as far as the evidence leads. Peter, about a minute here. Tell us about Barrara's independence. Well, I mean, he's shown that uh, he's willing to take on Republicans and Democrats. He's willing to, uh, claimed at least, to go after Wall Street, although insider trading is not actually getting at all that many important Wall Street practices. But he is perceived, and independence is a lot about perception. He is perceived as someone who will be independent and will be aggressive. His office has a history of being aggressive. So he simply fits in with that and is continuing the tradition and, in fact, probably heightening that reputation. The sheriff of Wall Street is not riding off into the sunset, so corrupt politicians and financial criminals had better be on guard. Preet Bharara, whose aggressive prosecutions put him on the cover of Time magazine, will remain as the Manhattan U.S. attorney in the Trump administration. He undoubtedly will be holding more of those no-holds-barred press conferences with the showmanship he's known for. Good afternoon. My name is Preet Bharara, and I'm the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Uh, today... Yet another privileged hedge fund professional stands accused of insider trading. The charges unsealed today 
describe cheating, coming, and going. That was Barrara's announcement of charges against the hedge fund SAC Capital Advisors in 2013. We've been talking with John Coffey, professor at Columbia Law School, and Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School. Jack, Preet Barrara is known for having a flair. He has these press conferences that are actually enjoyable to watch. He always has the right soundbite. Is there any criticism of him because of that? Well, I don't think there has been much criticism from the public, academics, editorialists, but there has been a little bit of friction with the Second Circuit. You mentioned earlier the Newman decision, which came down in 2014, and which did greatly curb the ability of federal prosecutors to prosecute insider trading. In that decision, there was an unusual rebuke of the U.S. attorney. They suggested they were bringing cases with little evidence and not in compliance with the traditional law. That kind of rebuke is unusual. In truth, Rudy Giuliani also got criticized, and both Mr. Giuliani and Mr. Bahara knew how to maximize the public attention they received as U.S. attorneys. So while I wouldn't criticize Mr. Newman, Mr. Mr. Bahara, uh, I do think that there was a little bit of friction there. And now that President Trump has reappointed him, I think he really has the last laugh because he's got the support of both a Democratic and a Republican president and, and is somewhat impregnable. Peter, do you see any chance that Barrar's independence could come back to bite Trump? Uh, For example, uh, imagine a situation where he was investigating a Trump-owned business in the in the Southern District, uh, of which there are there are some. Uh, How do you think that would go down? Well, certainly, I guess it could be a problem. Of course, that that nickname, the Sovereign District of New York, is the sign that it doesn't really take much direction from uh, Maine Justice. Uh, the Justice Department in Washington, D.C. And, of course, Barrara's standing now is probably even higher. With the new attorney general coming in, uh, he could well be close to untouchable. Would he pursue a case? I guess if the evidence was there. And, of course, the, uh, Manhattan is where you could establish jurisdiction and venue for almost any case. So much money flows through New York. The banks are there. The exchanges are there. Um, that would be a possibility, but I don't know if that's very likely. Um, I guess it's something that could come up, but Barrara's independence here is pretty well established, and so he can look at whatever he wants, although I don't think the priorities in that office are going to change much. Jack, about a minute here. He had a meeting with Trump's pick for the new AG, Jeff Sessions, last week, apparently. Is there any potential clash in the views of Sessions and Barrara? Well, Mr. Sessions was also a U.S. attorney, and I think most U.S. attorneys believe in giving a great deal of discretion to U.S. attorneys. So I think on his track record, he is not going to expect to greatly constrain a person as strong as Mr. Bahara. And by the way, I think it's very desirable that Mr. Bahara has this reputation for independence, because if I was legal counsel of the president, I would tell the president, you don't dare risk it. We've got to be Caesar's wife and cut an absolutely clean path around conflict of interest issues, because no one can control Mr. Bahara. So this could well be a very desirable uh, uh, influence that constrains a president who sometimes seems a little bit reckless. 
We will see this all play out over the next few years. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law, two of our favorite guests. That's John Coffey, professor at Columbia Law School, and Peter Henning, professor at Wayne State University Law School. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, the prosecutor in North Carolina decides not to press criminal charges against the police officer who shot and killed Keith Scott in September. There were some demonstrations over that, and the family has Express some misgivings, and there may be a civil trial ahead. I'm June Grosso with Greg Store. You're listening to Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg.